What's up, everybody? Welcome to a new episode of the It Doesn't Matter What Your Podcast is Called Podcast. BJ Cruz here with my in-person tag team partner, Jeremy Loss. Jay, what's up, dude? Whoop, whoop. What is up? I don't think we've seen each other in person recording since post-WrestleMania. I know. It's been a minute. Yeah, we've we've purposely kept space. Uh, we also got kids. So we, also, I mean. we, do, we, do have, we do have kids that we need to uh, take care of. And they don't want to come with us on late night, late night recordings for whatever reason. I'm sure my son at, during, my, during a podcast recording would be priceless. Oh, he, yeah. We got to get him on one time. Uh, man, <laughs> it, 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 the show would go off the rails real quick. Well, um, we could throw him some white call. He'll be fine. <laughs> oh, uh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> We are, of course, part of the Blue Wire Network. If you like Blue Wire and everything that we're doing, please, please, please keep supporting us. Keep downloading all our shows. We've got everything for all types of people who are listening, um, especially if you like sports. We obviously are a sports network, but we've got something for you. Um, And, of course, since you're listening to our show, please subscribe and rate the pod five stars on Apple Podcasts. We we love to see them. We're, We're kind of in a race now. We're trying to get to 200 so that uh, we can release a video of Jeremy stone cold chugging two white claws uh, and we will release the video if we get to 205 star ratings that's that's what we promise we will deliver to uh, to the fans and they'll be they'll be the the ruby grapefruit grapefruit flavor okay i, I mean that's that's the best flavor well, i mean debatable uh, come on <laughs> it's good i'm yeah. not saying i'm not I mean, saying it's, it's bad it's loads better than lime so well, yeah, but I mean, and, and if you want more white claw takes, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow us at Doesn't Matter Pod. That's Pod with a zero. You can follow me at Jeremy A. Loss, and you can follow Ben at Cruise Control. And then you can follow us on Instagram at Doesn't Matter Podcast. And, and you can go to you can go to Instagram for all our, our fantastic photoshops that I put together. J- Jeremy's on one sometimes. I mean. Yeah. It shocked my wife, the one he posted last <laughs> night, or two nights ago when you're listening to this. So go check it out. But we, this is a big, big day for It Doesn't Matter What Your Podcast is Called. It is our first guest. It is our first, the first person that we've, uh, it, it, who's the third man, you know? Ooh. It's, uh, but he's, 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 he's even better than Hulk Hogan. It is our guy, Chris Van Vliet, the newest member of the Blue Wire family, uh, another wrestling podcast to add to the fam. Um, He is the main event. And for the main event, we are beyond thrilled to have on the show the newest member of the Blue Wire family, the host of the Chris Van Vliet Show, Chris Van Vliet. Chris is a four-time Emmy-winning entertainment reporter for Deco Drive on WSVN in South Florida, and he is the interviewer to all the wrestling stars. His YouTube and podcast guest features read like a freaking DJ Khaled album, and this fall, Chris will be the backstage interviewer for AEW's long-awaited debut episode on TNT. Chris, welcome to It Doesn't Matter What Your Podcast Is Called. We are going to jump straight into it. So Jeremy and I, our origin story, we we are children of the Attitude Era. Uh, That's just kind of why we do this podcast. That's why we love wrestling. What is your origin story of, of your wrestling fandom. Like, why do you love it? And, and who are some of the wrestlers or some of the matches that really got you into this? I remember like being just enamored with obviously Hulk Hogan and Macho Man and Ultimate Warrior, but also like being blown away by seeing these other characters. Like, I remember like 
Repo Man and Doink the Clown and Coco Beware. And like, I just, I loved wrestling at that time, but my parents, like a lot of parents are not wrestling fans and did not want their kid watching wrestling. Same. <laughs> and some, something clicked for me like uh, 97, 98 in the like heart of the Attitude Era. And uh, I, I started watching um, every week and I just couldn't get enough of it. It was the Austin McMahon feud really got me excited. I loved the Rock's charisma, like both in the ring and the promos that he cut. And it was just something about that that I just couldn't get enough. I watched everything. I watched Raw and Nitro. I'd flip channels. I'd, I'd, I'd watch Nitro on commercial breaks uh, on Mondays. Uh, Raw would re-air in Canada on Tuesday on TSN. I'd watch it then. I watched uh, SmackDown. I watched Thunder. I watched ECW. I'd watch Jack and Metal and Night Heat. I watched it all. And then I would tape it on VHS and watch it again. And it was my dream to be a pro wrestler. I was a backyard wrestler when I was 16 and 17. I went to wrestling school very briefly when I was 20 years old and trying to balance college and going to wrestling school. And it's not really possible to balance both. You've got to put all your effort into one or the other. And for me, it was getting a communications degree, which is, you know, now led into the career that I have now. So my fandom for wrestling been around for most of my life but it's been crazy for maybe the last 20-ish years or so no i'm sure I, so the wrestling school thing sounds incredible I, i'd love for you to talk about that more so like what went into that decision process and and you know because we've heard a lot of horror stories of people who kind of you know went to wrestling school and then hop onto the independent scene um like what was your experience like and, and how did you decide to kind of go down that route I was clearly not doing moves correctly <laughs> as anyone in the, as any untrained person, you know, throwing their friends around in the backyard. is. Um, so I was like, I, I knew that when I at least got to be 18, I wanted to try to pursue wrestling school. And a new school opened up when I was 20 called the squared circle in Toronto. Um, Angelina love was there at the time. Tracy Brooks was there at the time. Um, Rob Fuego was the teacher and he spent some time in WWE under the name Al Fuego. So I knew it was a good school. I knew it was reputable. All the people that I knew in the wrestling industry suggested that I go to that school over any of these other schools. So I went there and, you know, I was learning the bump. I learned how to run the ropes. I learned the, uh, headlock, so the, the lock up headlock into the ropes. Uh, drop down, leapfrog, you know, that that uh, international spot that they uh, teach you. So I was, like, learning this, hip tosses and scoop slams. And uh, my my goal was to create this character, like which was a kind of an extension of the backyard wrestling character I created named Chris Sharp, who was, like, right. a, a heel <laughs> by nature. It was, so, it was so ridiculous to tell this story in hindsight now. Um I wanted to be Chris Sharp and I was like thinking of, you know, the gimmick that I could create for myself. I was the very, very, very early stages of that. Cause I was like two months into wrestling school when I realized that like driving from where I was going to school in Waterloo, Ontario to Toronto, about an hour drive each way. It was $250 a month, which when you're in college is a ton of money. Even now, I mean, $250 a month is it's not chump change. Right. And it was, <laughs> Tuesday nights, Thursday nights, and all day Saturday and Sunday, which was clearly going to cut into my class time and, you know, more importantly, clear in, it cut into my, uh, my, my time with, uh, you know, socializing because, you know, that's, that's a big part of college as well. And it was like something's got to give here. 
Right. And so I just decided to focus my studies, focus on my studies and focus on what was going on at college. And I knew that wrestling would always be there if I wanted, you know, to go back into it. And I'm really fortunate that I've been able to still kind of have my toe in the wrestling world, you know, doing these interviews. I've been a, um, a ring announcer for a lot of independent uh, uh, wrestling promotions. So it's kind of cool that I get to do a little, little bit of the best of both worlds. Yeah, and I'm, I'm beyond thrilled that you mentioned Chris Sharp because last week you posted <laughs> an amazing picture on your Instagram. So you, you made an appearance in 2001 on CBC, which I popped for as a fellow Canadian, but you were the HCW champion. So... First of all, great wrestling name. I got, I got to applaud you for that. What was your finisher, and do you remember the match where you became champ? So my my, my finisher was a swanton bomb. Um, oh, okay. I was like, nice. I was always very athletic growing up, and just like with crash mats and like in the swimming pools, before we had the Backyard Wrestling Federation, I had perfected the swanton bomb kind of by accident. Like I remember I did it once or twice, and my friends were like, Dude, that was really good. <laughs> so I started doing the Swanton Bomb, um, and I beat uh, I beat Mark Mayhem for the uh, HCW Championship. <laughs> wow! But then lost the title to uh, Rage. Um, but I was there was some interference in that match by Danny Courageous. Oh, so, shenanigans. Shenanigans, shenanigans! Always. I, you're, you're I, can't, I, I can't believe I, I couldn't believe Danny Courageous did that. And then uh, of course that turned into a feud. With me and Danny Courageous, of course, naturally. Yeah, that's, yeah, I mean, it, that's, that's always yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> uh, so what's uh, like? What's your uh, your current take on the state of wrestling? Obviously, with AEW coming to TNT this October, we are we could be like potentially see a renaissance of the business and, and get back to the good old days of the WCW WWE kind of head to head. Like, what's your what's your overall take of of how the business is going right now? I think it's the most exciting time to be a wrestling fan and subsequently the most exciting time to be a wrestler as well. I mean, even before AEW was announced, um, all in was super exciting. The fact that there were independent wrestlers that were able to make a living outside of working for one of the major promotions, like what Colt Cabana did with merchandise and with his podcast and, you know, kind of betting on himself. Uh, which then, of course, went into the Bucks doing the same thing, and Cody did the same thing, you know, with when he left WWE. It's just super exciting. Plus, you're also you're also able to go on YouTube and watch any match that's ever existed in the history of the world, and, you know, at the click of a button, and that never existed before. Uh, so we have more access to anything we've ever had. Um, it, and the AEW coming into the fold makes things super exciting too, because uh, I think that rising tides lift all ships. Yep. And uh, you know, I think that AEW coming in and just creating some sort of alternative, because you know they've said many times they're not competition; they're an alternative, and they're on a different night of the week uh, than Raw or SmackDown. Uh, I just think that them being in the fold here is just going to make things better for everybody wrestlers and wrestling fans no totally we're we again the alternative is is just what we've been missing i think obviously new japan and ring of honor have been out there but something kind of stateside is just always filling that wcw role which which we are all really excited about that being said is, is there a gimmick or a storyline on either side wwe aew or if you wanted to go outside to you know new japan and ring of honor that's that's really standing out to you right now like 
personally, we're huge fans of the work MJF is doing and, and everything going on with the 24-7 title belt. But, you know, what's, what's really standing out to, to you right now? Well, first of all, I want to say that the 24-7 thing has turned into something really special. Because really when has. that was first announced, that was announced, what, in May? Right, uh, yeah. Everyone kind of rolled their eyes, and the crowd booed when Nick Foley took it out of the bag. Like, we all went, oh, this is so stupid. Like, why couldn't they just bring the hardcore title back? But they've really turned that into something special with some great writing. Um, so I think that that's, that's been something really good. Although I'm a little worried with the 24-7 title that, like, we're going to have the same conversation six months from now, and our truth is going to be, like, the 67-time champion. And that's <laughs> yeah. just... And, but like we laugh at that, but that's like that's realistic. Yeah, that's yeah. going to be a little bit ridiculous. Um, I've so always I hope that they I, figure out something there. I've always contended that he should do the sixteen time situation, just get to sixteen times and then call it quits, and then that <laughs> way he can basically be on the sixteen time twenty four seven belt or twenty four seven champ. Uh, but like like yeah. Ben said, like we're we're totally into what what MJF is doing as well. I think both of us kind of agree. Oh yeah, that. so so MJF's very like that's that's a, a, an incredible gimmick and. <laughs> Man, he, he's all in on that gimmick. I'm also a big fan of uh, Luchasaurus, and I don't know if we've seen anything like that um, in any wrestling that's, but that's been taken seriously. Like, we've seen these types of gimmicks before, but usually they just get laughed off. The fact that Luchasaurus looks the way he does with the build that he has, with the, the mask that he has, wrestles the way that he does, and he's treated like a legitimate big man, like, that that's something that we haven't really seen before. So... I'm excited to see what happens there. I think that it's going to be Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy and a tag team, at least to begin with. Um, yeah, so that's exciting. I, I honestly have no idea which way they're going to go with the first uh, AEW champion. Like, either Hangman Page and Jericho both make sense for very different reasons, uh, and I'm really interested to see which way they lean on that one. So I, I would contend that Luchasaurus and, and Jungle Boy should definitely be in the tag team tournament. And I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't be mad at them putting the belt on them because they are definitely like really, really over as a tag team. Uh, I, I'm a huge fan of the Jungle Boy or the uh, just a boy in his dinosaur T-shirt that they released fairly recently. Um, and then well, the Bucks, the Bucks said to me that you know they are a tag team and there's no reason they shouldn't be in the tag team tournament. But man, there's so many tag teams that are over. I mean, the Bucks are over, the Lucha Bros are over, Best Friends are over, um, uh, uh, SCU is super over, like. You know, any of those teams could also win, and yeah, definitely. When they when when they start that tag team tournament, it's going to be really exciting. And that's what really kind of separates AEW from WWE for me is like the emphasis on tag team wrestling and and just the product that they're putting out when it comes to tag team wrestling. I mean, it just stands apart from what anything that WWE is doing because you can you can look at, at a Raw or SmackDown and maybe it's like one or two tag teams, and then after that, it's just like you, you don't really know who could be in the fold. And with AEW, like you said, there's so many tag teams that are over and that are producing quality matches. Well, the problem with the tag teams in AEW is there, or sorry, in WWE, the problem with the tag teams in WWE is they have very few organic tag teams. I mean, outside of the Usos, it's basically like, hey, this guy's not doing anything, and uh, this guy's not really doing <laughs> yeah. anything. Yeah. You're a tag team now. And, like, that has worked. Um, like, the bar were, you know, very, very good at that. Um, but it's still, like, I, I still never saw the bar as a tag team. I saw it as Sheamus, great wrestler, Cesaro, great wrestler. And where I see the Usos, like, man, both of them are so good together as a tag team. Like, don't ever separate them. Yeah. 
And I, I mean, they're they're even hinting at a possible. I mean, apparently from SmackDown tonight, like we may get a Roman Samoa Joe tag team in the in the very near future. So like like you said, they are just kind of like throwing people together uh, and not really having an organic tag team. Um, shifting gears to, to All Out, uh, is is there a match that that you're really personally salivating over? I know that we're all kind of anxiously awaiting John Moxley versus Kenny Omega. Um, and, and Cody versus uh, Sean Spears, but is there a match that you're personally like just looking forward to that maybe is flying under the radar? I mean, I, I really want to see what happens with this title um, shot, this title picture, because it, it makes perfect sense to have Jericho be the champion. He's been on TNT before. He's the name that they could, you know, they can go to those corporate execs and go, "Hey, you know, Chris Jericho's our guy." When we bring him in on October second. Uh, you know, viewers will understand that he's the champion. But then I can understand from the flip side of that, Hangman Page is this up-and-coming star who's going to be the star for the next, you know, 20 years or whatever. So I'm really interested to see how that match goes and how, you know, how they book that. But I think the match that's going to steal the show is going to be the Bucks and Lucha Bros in a ladder match. Like, <laughs> yeah, like spot fest. I, is that, <laughs> I just I don't I don't I don't know I don't know what they could possibly do to top the matches they've had, um, but they're going to throw ladders into this, so uh, we're just in for a treat. Oh, absolutely! Speaking of the Bucks, like they've been on your, they were one of the people that you've or groups that you've interviewed, and you've seemingly interviewed every big name in the wrestling industry. But I'm sure that there's someone still on your list that you still haven't talked to. Who's kind of at the top there that you want to you want to grab next to get on the, on YouTube and on your podcast? I don't know how possible that is, but I'm going to keep throwing it out there that Vince McMahon is the ultimate dream interview. And, you know, I think number one, I would just, if you are a wrestling fan right now, you know, say what you want about Vince, say what you want about WWE or wrestling in general. I'd have to shake his hand and say, thank you. Like, thank you for creating this thing that we all universally love. Right. You know, no matter, no matter what your age is, no matter what your race is or your gender, like, I think that that would be a you know, be a great starting point, and then I'd love to you know, uh, man, who, who wouldn't have all kinds of questions for Vince? Right. Um, so we we mentioned MJF earlier, and one of my favorite interviews you've done, and, and ironically you release this on your podcast uh, feed today, is the one you did with MJF, and obviously he was amazing, but I have to commend you because the job you did in not only interviewing him. But keeping a straight face throughout the whole thing was freaking incredible. I have to ask, was the room service delivery bit, was that a bit? Or did the lady, the nice lady actually come back twice? I, so that wasn't a bit at all. In fact, I walked in <laughs> and he goes, uh, yeah, no, this, this is what's so crazy about it. Um, I walked in and we had planned this interview for whatever time that we did it that day. And I walked in the room, and he goes, just so you know, I ordered room service. Um, <laughs> it might show up now. It might show up during the interview. And I'm like, uh, okay. So we still had to, like, set up. We still had to, like, get the camera going, mic up all that stuff. And I was totally, like, assuming that the room service would show up, he would eat it, and then we would do the interview. Well, we were all ready to go, and it was like, well, let's do this thing. I don't know why the room service person came back the second time. I honestly <laughs> do not. I honestly don't get it. Like, she was very confused as right. well. Because MJF's being MJF. But also, like, I'm sitting there, like, with my back to her, like, <laughs> staring at the camera. And, like, 
So it was probably very confusing for her, but no, that not, nothing that happened in that interview was a bit. Nothing that happened during that interview was planned. Um, it, I had questions prepared. I might as well have just thrown them out because uh, MJF was going to do what MJF does, and uh, that's why he's MJF. Uh, when he fed you the omelet and you just kept it rolling, like you just you just rolled with the punches. That's how I knew you were you were probably you might be the best wrestling interview of all time. That <laughs> you just held it together <laughs> at that point. Um, I, I I didn't know what to do, but that omelet was really good. Was really it really? Good. Because I have this thing. Oh, with, yeah. I had this thing with eggs. Like it's a race against time. Because once they get cold, they're not good anymore. As any good egg. So I was just concerned that, it, you know, the travel time from when it got brought up from room service, it, by the time it hit you, because he'd been eating it alone for a while. By the time he offered it to you, yeah. it, I didn't know if it was still hot and, you know, edible. I like how that's the takeaway. Oh, no, it's great. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, it, it mixed in some, like, there was green peppers. or I don't know what it was, but it was fantastic. <laughs> well, uh, given the name of our podcast, we, we had to get in a question connected to The Rock. So where does challenging The Rock to a people's eyebrow off, and then him subsequently hitting you with a middle <laughs> finger rank in your career achievements. Man, if that's not uh, that's not number one, I don't know what it is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got to So this is how that this is how this went down. So I'm on the red carpet. This is for my TV job. I'm on the red carpet. Uh, it's the Ballers season two premiere. This is three years ago, and The Rock's walking up, and our show is live on TV at 7.30, and I knew that I was hitting live at 7.37. So The Rock was supposed to show up on the red carpet at 7.30, start doing his interviews, and we figured we'd be like the second or third interview. It would time out perfectly. The Rock was going to talk to us as soon as, you know, as soon as they threw to me, like, live. So there was basically like, hey, and Chris Van Vliet's on the red carpet. Oh, and The Rock's with him right now. And I was going to talk to The Rock. Um, well, The Rock showed up a little bit late, so when he got there, like, they, they had already thrown to me. I like the rock wasn't anywhere close to doing the interview with me. So I threw to a story like, here's what season two is all about. And then we came out of the story. Oh, actually, no, we came out of a commercial break. That was it. Came out of the commercial break and the rock started talking to me during this commercial break. And my producer is shouting in my ear. You got to keep whatever you can do. You got to keep him there. You got to keep him there till we're back on the air. We're back on the air in one minute. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm trying to stretch. Then, we're back on the air in 30 seconds. And I'm still trying to stretch. And then we're back on the air in 10, 9, 8. And they basically came right from commercial right to me. And I said to The Rock, like, all right, so now we're live on TV. We've already done this like two minute interview. Now we're live on TV. And I'm trying to do whatever I can to extend this. So that's when I'm like, Let's let uh, let's do a people's eyebrow thing. He's like, oh, we're live on TV right now. That means I can I can say anything I right. want. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I mean, yeah, you, you can, but uh, yeah, please, uh, you know, please watch yourself. And I said, why don't we do a people's eyebrow off? So when I turned to the camera to do that, he gives me the finger behind my head, and I didn't see it. I didn't know this oh, is wow. live TV. Like this could have been like an FCC fine for us, right? Um, <laughs> I didn't wow. know so. I turn around. He's giving me the finger. I don't know. I thank him. Thank you so much, Rock. Oh, man. <laughs> you're, the, you're the best. Oh, you're awesome. And then I, he, he walks away. I turn back on camera. And I'm like, oh, man, can you guys believe that? The Rock's the best. Oh, man, one of the biggest movie stars in the world. This is so amazing. Blah, blah, blah. And then as soon as I get off the air, I got a phone call from my producer. <laughs> 
My producer goes, I can't believe that. I gave you the finger. <laughs> oh, man. And I'm like, that's so cool. <laughs> no, that, that's amazing. I think everyone has that goal to be flipped off by The Rock or at least be, you know, have them cut a promo on you. You almost got like both things for that. That's like, that's incredible. Yeah. And I think like every time I, every time I interview The Rock and I've interviewed him nine times, like, but who's counting? Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Every time, especially early on, I wanted him to be a rock. Like, I wanted him to be, like, the jabroni, you know, the jabroni beating. Ah, pie-eating! Right. And I wanted him to be like that. And he's Dwayne. And that's right. great. Like, Dwayne's awesome. Dwayne's a great, charismatic, funny, amazing dude. But I really was, like, trying to get him to be the rock. If you watch my first interview with him, which is from, like, it's right before his match with Cena, his first match with Cena, and I was trying to get him to like do a stare down with me. I'm like, what's the secret to a stare down? And he like actually starts to like give me this answer of like, oh, you know, it's all about intensity. It's about like having a purpose. And what I wanted him to do was, oh, well, here, here's how you have a stare down and like get right in my face. And he wasn't having it. And, like, I get it. It's okay. Like, you know, he's, he's not the rock. He's Dwayne Johnson. So as the interviews have gone on over the years with him, I realized that, you know, we're getting Dwayne, who's awesome and amazing and the best celebrity you can talk to. I just need to understand that he's not going to be like, you know, cutting a promo on me all the time. Right. Yeah. I mean, I guess you can't have he's probably put that side of him away for the most part because probably the mainstream media isn't ready for it. Well, he's, but, quiet, he's quietly retired now. Yeah. I, oh, that was yeah. that was yeah. sad. Sad to hear. That can't be true. Like, that can't be his last match. I, I sure hope not. I mean, I, 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 would, I still really want to see him wrestle Roman. Yeah, like, I, I would. Yeah, I think that's the match to make. I was, I was like certain he was going to show up at the, at, at the Rumble this year, and I was like, he's going to be number thirty. He's going to win, and then we're going to have <laughs> we're going to have the match, and then it just never happened. But yeah, I, I, I would love to see him wrestle Roman, have one last like hurrah at a Mania, um, and give it a go. I mean, I don't want to see like his last match. I guess technically is the Bray Wyatt match. Yeah, the, uh, Eric Rowan. Eric Rowan. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, with Cena at WrestleMania 32. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's so like a six-second match. Yeah. I mean, that, that that's not a – I don't want to leave that taste in my mouth. He yeah, but, come back. But I mean, don't – most wrestlers want to retire on – you know, retire by putting someone over. So if I had to guess, I think The Rock has one more match, puts someone over like a Roman, and then goes into the Hall of Fame the next year. I mean, I'm down with that. <laughs> I, I'm, I hope so. I hope that's the goal. Speaking of goals, Chris, your personal mantra is vague goals get vague results. So, And you actually recently crushed your goal, 50 wrestling interviews in 2019, and you've done over, I believe, 60 through July, uh, if, if I remember correctly. So yeah. with the latter half of 2019 on the horizon, what specific goals do you have that you want to crush? Well, I think now the specific goals um, – uh, I have the subscriber count on YouTube. So I want to mm-hmm. get up to 250,000 subscribers. I'm, I'm hovering right around 200 right now. Uh, um, so 250,000 subscribers would be amazing. Um, and then I guess I'm, I'm going to have to set a specific goal with the podcast. Like my podcast is brand new. Like it's five or six weeks old right now. So maybe with your help, we can set a specific goal. Like I don't honestly know what to be gunning for in terms of, download the reviews or subscribers on there so i'd like to figure out a specific goal and you know and chase that down and hunt that down and uh because i think that you know it's amazing that we live in a world now where the audio version of something 
is getting so much traction. Like right. podcasts are, it's amazing. You know, it's amazing that what we're doing right now and having this conversation you know? no it's amazing we'll, we'll talk off air about uh some some goals for the podcast because I, I think what you do with the reading one person's review uh every episode is it's it's killer that's just a great yeah. way to engage the audience and and you know to let people know because when they leave those things i think they kind of just leave them sometimes not knowing if they'll ever get read um and the fact that you engage them is, is one of the awesome things about your pod um and that you know you've kind of brought to the audio space so kudos for that but we'll, oh well thank you yeah, well i mean but let's be honest if we we have a podcast. We're reading every single one of those reviews. Anyway. <laughs> like, I know I do. You yeah. know? <laughs> of course you do. I mean, maybe, maybe if you're Joe Rogan, you have 10,000 reviews right. and yeah. you don't care anymore. But, you know, if you're at the stage of the game where you and I are, like, you know, we're uh, we're reading all of those. So, look, I think a lot, of, um, a lot of podcasts go, you know, not just in the wrestling space, but in any space, go, hey, you want a mention on the show? It's $5 a month on Patreon. Right. Well, that's great. That's a really good way to support yourself. Well, Instead of paying me five dollars, why don't you give me twenty-seven seconds of your day and you know leave an honest review, whether you like me or you don't like me or somewhere in between? That's fine. You know, let me know what you think, and I'd I'd, I'd much rather have that than your five dollars. There you go, uh, Chris. We've we've kept you longer than I <laughs> I initially asked, and thank you so much again for your time. But I did want to throw it out to you. Where, where can the people find your podcast? Where can they find your YouTube channel? Just tell people what to search for, so they can you can hit those goals that you've uh, you set for yourself. Well, thank you guys for having me on. Uh, you know, you guys are crushing it. I hope you keep crushing it. And to find me, it's uh, Chris Van Vliet, V A N V L I E T, on all the platforms. So wherever you're listening to this podcast, you can find me there. And, of course, on YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram as well. There you go. Get get to searching, people. And, and again, it's not spelled like Fred Van Vliet. So uh, <laughs> spell, it, spell it the right way, the Chris Van Vliet way. Chris, thank you so much for hopping on with us, and we will talk soon. This, this was incredible. Thank you, Chris. Did you guys have a good time? It doesn't matter if you had a good oh! time. Oh! <laughs> wow. Wow. You did it to... Wow, you got us. I've never I've never been got before. That was incredible. I'm, thank you so much, Chris. You're the best. Awesome. Have a good night. Thanks, thanks guys. You too. Chris Van Vliet, a freaking legend. It is now time, though, to pay some bills. It's time for a word from our friends over at... ShipStation. When you're selling online, getting your orders out can be a real pain. That's why you need ShipStation.com. It is the fastest, easiest, and most affordable way to manage and ship your orders. No matter what you're selling, Amazon, Etsy, your own website, ShipStation brings all your orders into one simple interface. ShipStation helps you get orders out quickly, save money on shipping costs, and keep your customers happy. And right now, Blue Wire listeners can try ShipStation for free for 60 days when you use promo code BLUE. That's B-U-B-L-U-E. I can spell. <laughs> B-L-U-E. There's absolutely no risk. You can start your free trial without even entering your credit card info. Wow. ShipStation works with all of, major, all of the major carriers, including USPS, FedEx, UPS, even Amazon Fulfillment. So you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customer. No wonder ShipStation is the number one choice for, of online sellers. You're, you'll ship more in less time with the best rates available. Just visit ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top right of the homepage, and type in BLUE, B-L-U-E. That's ShipStation.com, then go enter the promo code BLUE, ShipStation, make ship happen. I swear, every time I read that ad, I'm ready to drop, like, shit. 
Yeah, like, it, that's it's the just, point, man. Oh. Come on. <laughs> I mean, they're trying to get me. All right, it's it's been an amazing show. Let's let's wrap it up with some news and notes. Obviously, first thing that's on 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 my mind is, is the twenty four seven belt. And by God, one of us called some of like it was either I think it might have been you that said Maria is getting pinned at the OBGYN, and by golly, she got pinned at the OBGYN. It, she did. It wasn't by who we thought it was going to be, though. It, True. The Mike the Mike Canals thing threw me for a little bit of a loop, but also. It showed me that you know he wasn't going to take these verbal berations anymore <laughs> from his wife. You know what I'm saying? Get her while you, she couldn't get up. I mean, smart. It was smart. Yeah. And then obviously our truth coming out with the fake baby. Yeah, I that mean, was unreal. I mean, that's galaxy brain stuff right there. The only problem I had with that was the set for the fake OBGYN <laughs> office. So bad. It looked like a porn set. <laughs> It looks like they they paid five hundred dollars for this set. It looked awful. It looked so. It bad. was like it was too wide for any doctor's office. I don't care where you are. Um, so that was the worst part. The rest of it was incredible. Um, I was hoping for a bit of a better ending than just another roll up. Uh, I think we talked about that. Yeah. And I think that's something that they have to work out because it's it, it can get dry and a little bit old. But it's again. Overall, A plus, and, and, and like Chris said, it, it, like they are running the risk of it becoming super repetitive, right? But like the things that they're doing right now, I'm 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 fully invested right now. Like yeah. we need to, like like you said as, as well, like we need to see a little variation when it comes to the pinning combination. Um, but I, I really want to see our truth get that 16 time mark and, and just maybe retire, <laughs> retire, hit 17, and hold it over Ric Flair, or maybe like Ric Flair Ooh. went. Jesus Christ, man. Every time we do this, we fantasy book yeah. like crazy. Ric Flair is a 24-7 title holder? I mean, Pat Patterson and uh, Gerald Briscoe already held it. Flair is not crazy anymore. I mean, do it. Let's, let's do let's, it. Let's fantasy book that. Something I don't want to fantasy book <laughs> is how to kill Roman Reigns, <laughs> which, which apparently is a game that Vince is playing. <laughs> he, um, he loves that game right now. He does. Uh, and it got real uh, on Raw last night. <laughs> Be, quote know, unquote. Quote unquote. <laughs> Jeremy's putting air quotes on a podcast. So that's. <laughs> I mean, I'm smart. Yeah. <laughs> he was apparently almost run down, and tonight on SmackDown, there was some clarity about it because he beat up Buddy Murphy, and Buddy Murphy revealed that Rowan was like on the scene or he saw him. And it's super vague still, but like. Right. And SummerSlam is this week, this weekend. I mean, if, it seems like they just don't get the concept of a go-home show. It's like, you're right. supposed to tie shit up. Yeah, and it's like, like nah, we're going to leave it open. Make it obvious, dude. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it, it, it was a fun segment in that, was, first of all, it was super dangerous. But you can, you can obviously see like, where they cut it to where they, they pre-filmed the crash. Yeah. But also today on SmackDown, they had a camera view of the car that was ramming Roman. So you know who it is because you pulled... You pulled the camera from that car. Yeah. This is crazy. Also, I don't know if I want to see some of the top guys in the company like legitimately almost get killed. Like that's that's one of my worst nightmares is to be getting out of a car and to have another car just veering down towards well, you at full speed. Wasn't it like like fifteen years ago when Rikishi tried to like run or like run over Stone Cold or right. like he actually did he run? actually run him over? Yeah, yeah, and he's like, I did it Winch for the rock. I did it for the rock. <laughs> So is if this is Rikishi again, I I might be down. Like he he saw Hobbs and Shaw, and thought I got to make sure my boy Rock has this franchise locked up for years. But it's obviously Brian and Rowan, and I mean yeah, 
that's what's going to happen. At Sunrise. They haven't made the match official yet, even though that card is basically full, right? Are they going to – yeah. I mean, they'll do a match there. Like, the interesting thing here is, like, are they going to do Rowan and Brian versus Samoa Joe and Roman? That's – I mean, that looks to be where it's heading because – Joe went. Hit Joe it. went from like I'm gonna beat this guy's ass to like 180 face turn. Yeah, like real quick in a second. So it's like I, I don't know where they're going with this. Uh, obviously, they are gonna do something at SummerSlam, but like I really wish they would have had some some clarity. And could we just not try to kill one of the biggest stars in the company? Like who actually had to overcome death? Exactly like, in real life. Like I know Vince <laughs> is probably like in the back, just like yeah, this is fucking good shit. Yeah, this is good it's shit. Like, <laughs> it's like no, it's not like. Let's not do this. Oh, man. But Roman, he'll have his match. He recovered fine. I, I don't know if he had insurance on his rental car. I hope he did because they will take every dime that you have. <laughs> um, They'll take that Hobbs and Shaw money from yeah, him. The, real quick. <laughs> on to more positive news. Uh, and to actually stemming off of our guest, uh, AEW announced two more dates for their TNT show. Obviously, it's a weekly show. I understand. They didn't announce more dates. They announced more locations. Yeah. So, obviously, 10-2, October 2nd, they're airing live from D.C. Now it's official uh, that the following week, October 9th, they're going to be in Boston. And the following week, and a- week after that, October 17th, Philadelphia. They also sold out the D.C. show. Crazy. In an hour or so, yeah. something like that. Like, really fast. So, I mean... They are are off to a hot start, so like that 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 is, it's great to see. Also, our friends at BR created a AEW stream. Huge, now. that's huge. huge. Uh, I mean, just more place for the podcast to live on the BR right. app. I mean, yeah. we're getting those shout out. <laughs> but another thing, so on that, you know, there have been other WWE competitors or alternatives, I mm-hmm. should say, that weren't AEW. You know, New Japan, Ring of Honor. And BR has never created another stream for AEW. Obviously, there's the TNT tie-in, which, you know, that partnership with BR, and that totally makes sense. But that just shows that they are to be taken seriously. Like, if if Bleacher Report is making their own stream for you, you're you're legit. And that's already the talk in the wrestling world is that AEW is truly legit. And I think they've proved that in the past couple of shows that they've put out. But, man, to have their own stream on BR, that that must be unreal for for Cody, the Bucks, and, and Kenny. I mean, yeah, I mean, people might, like, if you're not, uh, if you don't follow BR, if you don't, if you're not into that kind of thing, you might, like, shake off the fact, like, oh, it's just a stream and an app. But, like, the BR app is is a monster, and it gets so much engagement. So to be able to create your own stream within that and have people come directly for that specific content is huge. Right, and it's, uh, like, now that that whole avenue for them creating content can live in that stream. I mean, I, I, I was watching... Not to pump up our guest even more, but Chris Van Vliet, when his interview with uh, with Cody Rhodes, his most recent one before uh, Double or Nothing, you know, Cody was wondering out loud like, what happens with with their YouTube show once it goes to to weekly, and that can easily live. Yep. That's obviously like it would still live on YouTube, but that's another avenue where it could live because there's there's going to be hundreds of thousands of eyes on that stream. So like that that show that channel won't die yep so moving on to going back to wwe it was reported today by ryan satin once again vince ordered a last minute rewrite of smackdown complete show this uh, and we had said we had said that we said this last week if this becomes a a regular thing it's going to become an issue i think now it's it's officially an issue you cannot continuously have 
last minute rewrites of an entire show. It, it doesn't bode well for a product, especially for a product that's going to Fox in two months. Right. And this is one of the reasons why Road Dog used to be the head of SmackDown. This is one of the reasons why he left. He just couldn't take Vince rewriting all this stuff. And again, like for Vince to rewrite this and we still don't have, as an example, one portion of the story, like we don't have final conclusions on who hit Roman Reigns. Yeah. Obviously, like the wrestling internet knows it's it's Brian or Rowan in some fashion, but for him not to kind of tie that up with a bow to set up SummerSlam, like what 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 did you rewrite? Yeah, you know it, it just brings up the question of would have been better just as is because I'm sure that the writers fully understand it's the go home show. We have to you know you have to go home right exactly. <laughs> so it, it is it is I'm still in the getting concerned phase. Uh, it's it's probably. Again, with as they separate this more with Bischoff and Heyman, you know, in in their own lanes, I'm hoping and praying <laughs> that it, it becomes more definitive. But it's it's still back to back weeks. It's just second or third week now. It's like, a, it's a second week. Yeah, but like the fact that they're doing complete rewrites is what's really concerning to me. If you do a rewrite here and there of like a specific storyline or a match or something along those lines, I get it. But like to do a full show. Rewrite, rewrite, clean, clean slate. An hour, two hours before the actual taping—that's crazy to me. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, something else that didn't make sense was so on Raw they had the uh, the women's tag team belts run the line for <laughs> what third feels like time for, since forever. Mania. Yeah. third time, and it it didn't end in a disqualification this time or a countout, I should say. It was there were four teams involved, and so before we even get to how it ended and who won, wasn't this match supposed to happen at SummerSlam? I believe so. Like, I, I, so I think they're kind of taking. Uh, they're 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 looking at things and making sure that the the card is kind of pared down to the matches that are gonna really sell. Sure. I mean, tonight they had Sami Zayn versus Aleister Black, and I'm pretty sure that was supposed to be on SmackDown or on uh, SummerSlam as well. So like, I think they just removed this from a potential pre-show spot and put it on Raw. Right. And I think that works just fine. Um, it was it, it was an interesting match to me. I thought it was really interesting the fact that they they eliminated the champs first. first like that's crazy to me so you knew there was gonna be a new champ yeah like yeah. that's so crazy to me um also the, who, who ended up winning it was a weird selection for me as well like alexa and, and nikki I, I mean obviously they've been building this up for the past couple months but like they went over on the kabuki warriors who we've all kind of considered like the next big thing when it comes to women's tag team wrestling obviously like Kari and Alska are really great in ring and mm-hmm. then they have a mouthpiece and page but like it, putting it on Alexa and, and Nikki almost seems short-sighted to me like it's there's, it not, be, there's not a long-term view there I feel like it is going to be a short run for them I think they they did capture somewhat of lightning in a bottle with Alexa and Nikki like there's something compelling about them like I can't fully explain what that is but they're, when they're on, I think it's more Alexa. Alexa is just she's captivating when she's on screen. She's she's very would, very good. I, w- I would argue that it's Nikki that's putting this over. Well, no, but it's I think it's her 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 countering Alexa's like everyone knows Alexa's good, right? Yeah. Every, like everyone's used to that. But the fact that Nikki hasn't been lost in the shuffle has kind of put them even more over, if that makes sense. So I, I think you know giving them some shine uh, right before SummerSlam, it's fine. I think the Kabuki Warriors eventually will be the tag champs like they've they've i feel like they've invested way too much yeah into them at this point like to give like you said to give them page as their mouthpiece to br- call up Kyrie sane and to, you know 
to give Alska this spot when she wasn't really doing anything. Can we, can we talk about like Alska's run on the main roster and like how disappointing it's been? It's been weird. It's, it's been, been super weird. weird. I mean, obviously she went in, she went into WrestleMania last year undefeated and then obviously had lost, lost to, yeah. to Charlotte. And then after that, it's just been like, she had the good, the good win um, at, at TLC for, you know, when she won the SmackDown title, but like before she lost it right before Mania. Yeah. But like other than that, like it's been nothing from her and it's been a it's real been shame cons- considering she was so over NXT. Yeah. I mean that, that just, that's just a lot of, does Vince know what to do Vince doesn't with I, these, I, with these NXT stars once they get called up. I, I, right? I really, She's a prime example of that. I mean, he doesn't know what to do with NXT stars, but he also doesn't know what to do with like international non-English speaking stars. Mm-hmm. He really, really struggles with that. Yeah. So they'll they'll kind of get theirs I think um, because they're just too good and they have Paige back there who again I, I believe is pretty high up there in terms of her influence uh, with, within WWE so hopefully they just kind of sort that out um, and another match was set for SummerSlam which was a little bit of a the wrestling internet knew that this was going to happen but on Raw he got a he got a nice little pop Dolph Ziggler taking on someone that he uh I guess what's the nice way to put it? Shit on a lot for his match <laughs> uh, against the Undertaker in Saudi Arabia. We'll be taking on Goldberg. Um, Goldberg got a nice pop on Raw. He got a nice pop, night. but I mean, you and I, I think, are in agreement here. The entrance is going to be a lot longer than the actual match here. Oh, it's going to be a squash. It's going to sure. be Bell goes off, spear, jackhammer, done. Yeah. Get out, make a million dollars, and walk the fuck home. Go home. Yeah. D- Dolph is really good. He's great at selling and he he'll make goldberg That's like the only thing he's good at well i you and i disagree <laughs> on this I'm, I'm a big Dolph Dolph guy he's come a long way since nikki uh, <laughs> but he um it's that's it's a good way to get goldberg on i guess just he needs to redeem himself I, he probably he definitely didn't want to go out the way that things shook out at super showdown so it's just weird man like hey goldberg you get to wrestle Dolph fucking ziggler Hey, he's a former world champ, man. Jesus, man, come on. <laughs> it's a good, it's a good, that was Dolph's cash in is still. It's still a great moment. It might be one of the, my my favorite cash ins, if not the best cash ins ever. Nah, Seth Seth's still the best. Okay, fine. That's okay, but that's that was a mania. Okay, fine. Seth is number one. Dolph number two. That pop that Dolph got, you got to watch it back. No, man. no, I agree. I, that so, pop was crazy. I agree with you. Like Dolph cashing in was it was an incredible pop, incredible moment because he also like he did something that doesn't really happen anymore with the, with the briefcase. I think Seth might have been the last person to do it. Was he made it his own, mm-hmm. and that was basically his title, right? So that when he did cash in, it was it was he kept huge, teasing it too. Huge it was, moment, yeah. like compared to now where it's like seventy five percent of the time they'll cash in on the same night. So it's like it exactly, yeah, like. Dolph really kind of made that his title and and really stood out. So yeah, I agree with you. Like his cash in moment was great. Other than that, I mean, he's utterly forgettable for me. Yeah, God, we. Uh... So he's gonna get squashed. He's gonna make a, a decent amount of money. Goldberg's gonna make all the money. And <laughs> yeah. and as long as we don't get another like full length Goldberg match, I can live with it. It's fine. It's whatever. I mean, we. I, I think we've resigned to the fact that when it comes to SummerSlam, Survivor, the Big Four, we're always gonna get like these old timers coming back for something yeah we're actually gonna cut it off early because we're actually we got another show we have another show coming so we wanted to obviously you know again we just had the man the myth the legend himself chris van vliet cvv 
on the show, and we wanted to give we want to you all to just listen to our interview with him and take that in. And we obviously do want to talk about SummerSlam and uh, Takeover Toronto. We are going to do a separate episode, a bonus episode this week. Uh, we're going to record it, I believe, Thursday night for a Friday release. And we got we, a special. Guest. We have a special guest. We do have a special guest. So stay tuned for that. Subscribe and rate the podcast five stars on Apple Podcasts and wherever you find your podcast. Again, we. We aren't aren't married to iOS, but um, if you're an Android user, just find us. Yeah, and, and make sure you follow us on social. You can follow us on Twitter at Doesn't Matter Pod. That's Pod with a zero. You can follow me at Jeremy A. Loss. You can follow Ben at Cruise Control, and you can now follow us on Instagram at Doesn't Matter Podcast. Hit that follow button on Instagram because I want that jail photo of Ben oh, yeah. to be released. A hundred hundred <laughs> followers on Instagram, hundred followers on Twitter. And we will release the hostage photo that I had to take <laughs> to, uh, to unlock our Instagram account. Usually this is where we do the It Doesn't Matter What Your Podcast Is Called. But I feel like CVV... Oh, we got hit hard. He got that. both of us. Yeah. Both of us legitimately popped. <laughs> I wish someone was recording that um, because we actually popped. And it's probably the most shocking moment of the pod- in podcast history. I, I might take that out. Cut that and, and just that'll use be, that as like it. separate content. That'll be it. Yeah. And, and we'll have our, our White Claw hot takes on our SummerSlam oh, we will. show because I have some hot takes about SummerSlam. Well, once again, thank you to our guest, Chris Van Vliet. Follow him on Twitter. Follow him on Instagram. Follow him on YouTube. And download, download and subscribe to his podcast on the Blue Wire Network, The Chris Van Vliet Show. And on Twitter at Chris Van Vliet. Thanks again, everybody, and we will see you later this week for some SummerSlam and TakeOver fun. Can't wait. Later, guys.